Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And there it is. And he's back. He's back, everyone. <laughs> This is the second time. Who am I talking to? Who's my guest today? Well, let me let me reintroduce you to him. He is an influential content marketing thought leader, like so much influence. And you know what? Every time since the last episode we were on and we were chatting together, I keep seeing him on social. He's he's either liking my stuff or he's retweeting it, and I just, he's everywhere. He's everywhere in every conversation, and I'm just I'm amazed by it. A lot of people are top 14 content marketer, top 100 digital marketer, top 40 B2B marketer, author of the number one content performance culture, chief content marketing officer for the Authentic Storytelling Project, my friend, Christoph Trapp. How are you, sir? Welcome back. Doing great. Hey, thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Like, I just, I had to because I kept seeing you on there and it, it, what's cool about it is it kept reminding me like, hey, man, I, I got to hang out. We had a good time chatting last time and I was like, let's do that again and there's so many more things i can learn from you at the same time and we can hang out talk about more things so i just thought let's do this and so but but even though this is your second time i need to pass this thing to you so let me grab this real quick okay here you, go. you got it thor's hammer take that and smash again some kind of marketing myth bogus strategy some misconceptions help us clear up the air here yeah. So, so the one thing that's top of mind, right, right. The second Casey is, uh, social media followings, right. And back in the day when we all started going on social media, yes, you had to grow your social following. And I'm not saying that's bad to do, but it shouldn't be a top priority quite frankly, back in the organic era, what would happen is you had a big following. They would all see your posts. And today, just because you have a big following doesn't mean anyone will see your posts. People follow things by topic now on Twitter and and LinkedIn and those kind of places. So it doesn't mean that people see it just because you have more followers. Now, chances are uh, the numbers go up, but it's not a given. So just something to keep top of mind that it's not the same uh, what it used to be, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago or eight years ago or whatever it's been. Um, and, and think about what goal are you trying to accomplish? Don't just go, well, my goal is to increase my uh, Twitter following. Um, what are you trying to accomplish? Who are you trying to reach? Um, and then go after them, especially on Twitter, the topics, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm seeing stuff more and more from people I don't even follow, but I follow the topic. So I see their stuff and it's, uh, uh it's good and bad, I guess. So it's changing. It's changed already, I guess it, in, in, it's kind of cool to hear you smash this myth because you're so good at it. You know, you would expect someone to say, Oh no, social is the most important thing in your life. But you're saying, look, things are changing. It's not yesterday's Twitter. It's a different kind of environment, different platforms. And they're not playing nice necessarily. Oh, I have 100 followers, so they'll all see my message. Not necessarily. Not necessarily, especially, you know, now with algorithms. I mean, you might post five things, and they'll see number five first, and they'll see number three next, and number one next. Really? Uh, that's another thing to keep in mind, right? Just because you posted in a certain time frame uh, doesn't mean they'll see it like that which is what when i uh, say that I, I i laugh when people ask me what's the best time to post on twitter what's the best time to post on instagram what's the best time to, 
the blog, what's the best time to publish a podcast? And I'm, I actually, I am planning on doing an article on authenticstorytelling.net, uh, might be out by now, but uh, on, on when is the best time to publish a podcast? And you know what's interesting? Um, Mon it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's like everybody publishes their podcast on those days. So, you know, when I publish my podcast on, on Sunday morning, because nobody publishes their podcast on Sunday. So I'm getting ahead, right? And, ah, and when, nice. people when, when people have their notifications turned on, they'll see mine as opposed to 17 notifications on a Monday morning. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'll hold my breath. At some point, it'll change. There'll be some algorithm involved on, on podcasts as well. But right now, the, if you're going to argue with me over when should we publish something, podcast might actually be the one channel where it still matters but all the other yeah. stuff doesn't matter i mean even email you know like i mean please tell everybody casey stop emailing me on monday mornings i know <laughs> <laughs> you right? guys like that time but stop <laughs> well what happens is then you hear on a podcast like this oh no actually do thursday morning you know or something and then everyone does that and then yeah. now it's crowded and then it doesn't work anymore um it, i i'm with you on that the, the, almost the timing doesn't matter I mean, email you can't really send it multiple times but i know on social you can in fact i think i've seen you tweet the same thing a couple times what's your take on that it, it's no longer i like, have to have this pure feed with only one share i mean do you share multiple times on every platform oh yeah of course you know i put it up in the queue and uh, and there you go it keeps going and the only people that complain about it are the social media purists who don't participate themselves, quite frankly, right? And I've done it for many years and the complaints have been a handful. And usually it's those people that really don't know or they're not even doing it themselves. So really quickly on email though, you can send the same email more than once. And here's how you do it. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you know, who are the real email experts are uh, Robin Kennedy, the email marketing show, if you haven't talked to them. Oh, cool. uh, they're over in the UK, they're, they're pretty uh knowledgeable what are they called um, robin kennedy robin kennedy it's like madonna right they only go by <laughs> their first names uh e the email marketing show uh, i can connect you on i can send you yeah, a link yeah. on linkedin um and so uh let's say you send an email on tuesday and 20 percent open it right or whatever it might be and then the 80 percent that doesn't don't open it or don't do anything with it why don't you resend that same email to them on Thursday or Friday or even next Tuesday? I don't care, but you can do that, right? Because they haven't, in theory, haven't seen it. Now it's not perfect. That's because, a good call. Right? Because yeah. uh, I look at emails all the time on preview and if I don't want to click, I'll, I'll delete them. Uh, but here's the reality. I had so many emails that um, if you send me the same email again, five days later, I probably won't remember that email anyways, so right. I won't be offended, you know, but uh, so try that. That's a good call, man. You act, you're right. You could actually just keep sending it, treating an inbox like a Twitter feed. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Is there a rule of thumb? And you, you mentioned it goes into your magic queue and it just, just goes and goes. Is there, do you just blast it ad nauseum or like, is there five or is there a certain number where you're like, okay, they've probably seen it by now? So, so what I do is, so I use buffer, right? And I, yeah. I put things in a queue. There's a certain cadence every day. I think Twitter is like 10 posts a day. LinkedIn is two, uh, Facebook is two, something like that. And so whenever I publish something new or whenever I hear something uh, worthwhile sharing, you know, I'll put it in the queue and, and I got the plan where I got a hundred updates in my queue and I usually hit that. And when I hit it, then I, I kind of have to relax for a little bit and, and let them catch up. 
Uh, of course, you can buy a bigger plan. But yeah, so I hear something, you know, like I listen to podcasts all day long while I'm working. I hear something interesting. I got some open slots. I'll just get it in there. Um, so it's, you know, I don't overthink it. Um, hmm. You know, how often am I going to send something? If I hear something I think is worth sharing and I got some open slots, I put it in there. Um, on, on Twitter, honestly, a hundred, um, hundred posts, um, and I publish 10 a day. So if I publish something today and I add it to the end of the queue, that's actually doesn't go out until 10 days from now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on Facebook and LinkedIn, it's only two a day. So whatever that math is, that's like 50 days. If I publish something today and add it at the end, it doesn't even go at, uh, until, uh, 50 days from now, which is interesting. I did a podcast with uh patty shada the business storytelling podcast um casey and and we talked about how bosses need to do a better job collaborating with their teams right instead of saying oh yeah oh why don't you, why don't you guys think about what we should do but they already have the answer so they're wasting everybody's time and so when You've i done pitch, that. <laughs> you know i me too right but yeah but it's not a good strategy and no it's not it's if you apologize later you might be able to recover but Right. Uh, it can be a real problem. Pass it on. It's the same thing on social. You know, sometimes people see a post and they'll message me and they'll they'll go, I saw you post like the other day, actually I have a call later today, you know, it was somebody and they said, Well, I want to catch up and maybe we can work together, blah, blah, blah. I saw good to see you in my feed. I have no idea what they saw. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I I wrote it 50 days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was on LinkedIn, uh, even though I can probably guess, but um, it's kind of interesting because that time delay is a real thing when you do it like so that. So if they just say, hey, great post, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> I just say thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, buddy. But what'd you like about it? Oh, I really liked it, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, so I usually don't ask that because, so here's why, because I don't know that, usually what, I don't think people want to have a big discussion about it. You know what true. I mean? It drives me crazy when people come to me and I say, well, so like I voted in a poll and somebody goes, well, I saw you, how you voted. Why did you feel that way? And I'm like, I just voted in your poll. Like, <laughs> right. They're trying to drum <laughs> you know? up some engagement or something. I, I hear you. Yeah. Like I just clicked your poll and that was two seconds. I don't mind doing that, but I don't have time yeah. to get in this debate here. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you remember the old, there was like a Budweiser commercial maybe back in the day when they had good advertising, probably before they got purchased by European taskmasters. I don't know. Uh, but there was this guy in a bar and some guy walks in and he's like, Hey, what's up? And instead of being like, what's up back? He like thought it was like a real question. So it was like, Oh, what's up? Well, I'll tell you what's up today. I'm doing this and this and this. And <laughs> right. How about you? How are you doing? It's like, no, I was just saying, hi, you know, I was just saying, what's up? You know, it yeah. wasn't really meaning to say anything. Right. More. That was happening on social too. It's like, Oh, I just, just saying hi, just saying I, I see you. And so that drives me crazy when sometimes I post something like, you know, like a one line soundbite or something. And then somebody will go, can you give me an example? Can you elaborate? Uh, and I'm like, no. <laughs> can, you know? can you elaborate? Really? You got some cool people <laughs> engaging with you. That's interesting. I, I guess. I do. I, I heard this. Do you, I've heard that people that, People like to respond. I mean, Facebook does this too. People like to respond to stuff they disagree with. They get more discussion out of it. And I realized uh, Sangram had some recent tweets where he was posting these polls about like, what's most important about ABM or what's yeah. like three of the answers were terrible. And one of the answers, and it was like, 
anyone that picks this doesn't pick this answer is terrible. But like, it almost like incensed me to write. I wrote that. I wrote like, well, we know one of these answers is, is accurate, but maybe I just fell into that trap of, you know, I saw things I disagreed with. Do you, do you do anything like that? Or do you just kind of play it more straight? Yeah. So I, I think you, you know, we want engagement on, on, on the web, obviously. Yeah. Um, so some people I, I can already, when I said that earlier, I can see some people go, well, doesn't he want engagement? You know, like, <laughs> right. Whatever. See, and, they would engage just to and, tell you that. <laughs> right. And, and I do, but a lot of this engagement online has just turned into, I mean, the digital lynch mob, you know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, like it's just a mess. Like people are arguing over the stupidest things. People are going off topic. Um, so it kind of depends. I mean, every once in a while, if somebody, you know, engages in a meaningful way, um, I'll do it. Or if they have a question, I guess that's probably better engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if somebody just says, can you elaborate? I'm like, I literally, that's what I wrote. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, no, I, that's the tweet I meant to send. Or like people will say, well, I disagree with that. Or and that's fine. They can say that. But why do I have to write back? Oh, okay. But I don't agree with you, you know? <laughs> um, and then the latest thing that I've noticed is people are just going off topic. So I'll give you an example. Um, so marketers, right? So I follow marketers. I follow uh, sports uh, journalists, those kind, of, those kind of things. And I've seen some of them who are just going off topic. So the there's marketers, right? And yeah. all these marketers know, and we don't have to get into what you and I think about the topic, but this whole debate in the U.S. about whether you wear a mask or whether you don't wear a mask, whether sure. the government should um, have a law and blah, blah, blah. The mayor is doing a law and the governor says, no, you can't do that. It's my call. I mean, whatever, right? Yeah. But for marketers, unless you're talking about how to do marketing with your, with your mask, you should not be you should not be tweeting about masks like we don't need marketers unless they're talking about their topic tweeting about masks we don't it's not on topic right i'm not following Mm. you so you can tell me to wear a mask or not to wear a mask um and i'm seeing that more and more out there like you know people are going like this is who they are and i get it like i post some things too that are kind of off topic but i'll give you an example i go to my kids softball games right and on, on facebook and instagram which are less professional. I do post a little bit more personal things, but every once in a while I post something from softball to Twitter, you know, like the GIF uh, pitch, right? Because I've seen some of those. I I don't know which maybe Instagram or something, but I've seen some of the softball. Those are, yeah. Yeah. But see, like I would think marketers would care about that, right? Because, hey, how do you do a GIF on Twitter? Super easy. You take a picture in the live function on your iPhone, you upload the picture and you click GIF and now you created a GIF. Super easy. Um, do you see what I mean? Like that's still. Do you on say that topic. again? Yeah. So on your iPhone, you take yeah. a picture in the live function. Sorry, so for Android. example, you suck. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how you do it on the Android, but um, so basically, so if I go like this, right? I take I take the live picture and I go like this. Yeah. You know, like I yeah. lift my hands. I know some yeah. people are listening. Um, so that now becomes a GIF if I take that picture in the live function. Just um, you, it's stored well, as like an animated GIF kind of thing, or no? It's no. stored as a live uh, sequence, oh. right? So it's yeah, a bunch yeah. of pictures. But then when you upload it to Twitter, all you do is you push the little button at the bottom that says GIF, and Twitter turns it into a GIF. Thank you, Twitter. And super easy, right? Nice. It's like yeah. So sometimes, like when somebody sends me something, and you know, again, I'm trying to recover from all the people sending me hate mail already about not responding on social. 
sometimes when somebody says something good to me that I want to respond to, I send them a gift and I just go, you know, or like, or I smile or something like yeah. that. Or, you know, like you go, I mean, that's hard to take a picture of if you're clapping. Um, but um, that's a good way to respond. Um, you know, the other way, which I don't actually have on my main account, I have it on my, I got a, a travel account, Ctrap underscore travel. Audio tweets are a fantastic way to in, uh, engage now. So hmm. you're basically recording a quick audio message and uh, that tweets back to people. Do you, do you do video with that? Or is it just, no, just audio? audio? It's audio tweets. Yep. It's brand new. I, I do have an article on uh, authenticstorytelling.net if you want to check it out. Nice. How to do it. Authenticstorytelling.net. Okay. Yeah. So now do you do the whole like animated? So it has a vi visual to it where you see like the bars moving as your voice talks? Or yeah. Is it just exactly okay so it's not just like a here's my little square wave file i'm sending to you it's like it's it's articulated it yeah it looks a little nicer but then nicer, it's basically yeah. a uh dressed up wave file or whatever. yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah, okay i'll check that one out that's cool um interesting yeah I mean, we're gonna get to the in the audio in a little bit i wanted to kind of follow back maybe a little devil's advocate situation with you on yeah. the um the social advocacy maybe is how you could describe it how do you how do you know and maybe this is an impossible question but like let's do it how do you know when someone marketer is 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 kind of like doing the right thing like using their voice to get the message out versus they're kind of like capitalizing on like a, a tragedy or they're they're yeah. just sort of you know they're they're just kind of in it that can get gross. Like there's sort of a range and it's like, yeah. I mean, I saw one time I complained about this earlier. I think it was, it was like a Charmin toilet paper ad and they were like, Oh, we're all in this together. And I'm like, Charmin, like you're toilet paper and, and <laughs> we need you. But now there's plenty of you. And like, there's nothing that you're doing right now other than keeping our butts clean. Uh, that like, I don't know. It felt a little weird. And I think we all got used to those. Yeah that were running whichever the recent things that have happened because there's a lot of stuff going on yeah. like the ad and you're like nah, do they really care don't they or it's like no we need to wear a mask because you want to think this thing to end soon you know it's kind of yeah. how do you how do you draw the line yourself and what do you advise clients so uh, first of all charm is interesting I, I, I don't know if i heard it on your show or another show but somebody said they have a really nice voice uh pre-covid and they don't know what they've done in doing COVID. And, and Charmin paused everything during COVID. Okay. I didn't see any posts. Um, I could be wrong. You can pull it up and, and see. Yeah, I'll look at it. Look at um, but I, I haven't seen anything uh, from them. Like they, they haven't made any smart uh, comments like they used to, but they, but they did use to all the time. Um, but, you know, the trick is you have to figure out what you're going to do. And then you got to be careful how you roll it out. I'll give you an example. I think it was Coca-Cola. Who, wrote, who said, we're going to not do any advertising for the next whatever because of, uh, I think it was like George Floyd or something. Uh, and co I don't know which one it was, but yeah. because of one of those, they paused advertising. And then, of course, their ads were still running. You know, So I saw an ad and somebody else posted it too. There was still an ad running um, and they had already announced that they were pausing all ads. So it looks really bad. And it's because we sometimes, I, I don't know anything about how Coca-Cola runs their, their shop, honestly, but yeah. probably what happened, Casey, is somebody made that decision. The PR team wrote the tweet that they're pausing it. They got everything out right away. 
and then somebody else has to tell another team who then has to tell the agency <laughs> all, all the ads, right? Right. Instead of just going like, I got, I mean, I got Google app, uh, ads pulled up right here. So if I needed to pause it right now, I just go in here and pause it, right? Like I could yeah. literally do it right this second. Um, so you want to think about that. And then on the other side, uh, there is a difference between just trying to capitalize and, and being authentic. And, and one thing I love about um, podcasts is it's really hard to hide your true self. So some Ooh. people will say, you know what I mean? Like some people will say, this Trav, what's he talking about? Blah, blah, blah. I don't like him. I don't like his Milwaukee head. See, I'm wearing this in honor of uh, Major League Baseball back. Oh, um, nice. So that's not my team but it's the only clean head that was nearby. Um, so, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, but, you know, people can hear it and they can, you know, they can try to understand the context and they yeah. can hear, do we, do I like Casey? Could I work with him? You know, okay, I right. like him or I don't like him. And that's what I love about these shows. Um, you know, the, the true person or persons behind the brain come through. Right. Um, so don't just try to capitalize it. But if you have something to say, that is truly uh, helpful, say it, right? Say it in a way that's helpful. And I'll give you an example. I did a, a business storytelling podcast episode with Nick Westergaard and Leanne Eddins about the Washington Redskins rebrand. And, Ooh, we talked, yeah. and we talked about that, right? But we also talked about what goes into a rebrand and how much work is involved and what do you do and how do you do it and blah, 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 blah. And of course, most of us, when we do a rebrand, we do it behind closed doors, right? Mm. And the Washington rebrand is like totally public. I mean, everything is public, you know, like what people think about it, what they think the name should be. Right. Uh, you know, people run out and they buy the trademark. I, I know. Uh, like, it's, I mean, it's tough. Like if you, if you did it totally public, let's vote yeah. between this, this, and this, you'd have to already have all the copyrights, all the trademarks and all those things. Yeah. Cause some guy would gobble them up. I hear some guy already has, previously like 10 years ago gobbled up everything he could think of like washington cougars washington bears like all the different things in hopes that one day they'll change and they'll need to come knock on his door and yeah and then just yeah. you know early july when all this was announced somebody bought uh, red wolves and other other names that were apparently in the running of course we don't know what's in the running and you know uh, now they've announced that they will be going by the Washington football team for the foreseeable future. And then they'll come up with um, another name. Okay. So they're playing point. a long game on that. They are. And you know, if you think about it, it's not a, I mean, I, I, I've been watching the Redskins since I've grown up. I mean, since I was a kid and you know what, I will probably buy a hat that says Washington football team. And then next year, whatever they become, I'll probably buy that hat too. Really? Um, so, yeah, I could see that. Know, it's, it's like a collector item, right? This is the, the unnamed team. Yeah. Kind of wish they would have called it Washington football club and not Washington football team. But right. That's a little kind of like soccer. Would that get confusing yeah. with soccer branding? You'd think like, oh, we got a football team now. Football has come to Washington. Only if you're in Italy. <laughs> do they have one? Do they have a football uh, soccer team? They do. Uh, I don't know what they're called, but they know. do. So, I mean, wh so what's your, th I mean, what, what would you go with? And do you have any advice for the Redskins? And obviously we'll check out this podcast. We'll link to it. I, I mean, I don't know. DC United is the, um, is the soccer team. Oh, DC United. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, so which is funny because the onion immediately, um, tweeted a headline saying watching Redskins decide 
to rename to DC Redskins. <laughs> DC Redskins. Oh, oh right. Part, you know, so yeah. they, instead be, uh, of right. changing the Redskins, they changed right. the, the that name. Would be, that would be something that corporate would do, right? Be like, well, we've got to change the name, forgetting the reason why they're changing the name. <laughs> right. I... Uh, I wish they'd keep it, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is, unfortunately. I know some people say the history is not going to go away, um, but, you know, it is what it is, I, you know. It's... It is a consumer brand, so it's kind of like, you know, I, I think I, I knock those things less if they're a c- consumer brand. Things that don't, don't require consumers to know one thing or the other, you can probably just stay with something. But, like, I think, I think what it was, wasn't it like Nike dropped – like Nike stopped and then when everybody sponsors, everyone, everyone kind of Nike, piled on. What yeah. are you going to do? I guess at that point. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, they could just send them up to uh, New Hampshire, you know, <laughs> have 12 people attend, but no, every, no one will attend. They're all already at a Patriots game or they're going to be going to some, you know, car racing, some NASCAR events. So they don't have time for them. <laughs> uh, you know, wouldn't it be funny though, if they called it like DC United, that's the soccer team. I, I know, but they just told, sorry, you soccer, you're just going to have to. Oh, I don't know if they suck or not, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to have to pick something else because we're, we're going to take over this, this trademark. <laughs> Move over. They well, bought, bought the soccer team just to get the name, and then they renamed them something else. They're uh, DC United fourth, fourth place in Group B. Uh... Oh, gotcha. But they didn't look like they played very many games. Three games. The New England Revolution, which I think is a cool name. Yeah. Revolution. Um, Okay. All right. So, podcast, you know, you can't hide your true self. Poor Redskins down there needing to figure themselves out. Oh, aren't they? Are they the same group? Didn't they have some like allegations of like being a terrible place to work for women? Which 15 women. Yeah. 15 women. They just—they're just—they're having a bad day, but maybe they earned it. But either way, it's that's a—they got some—they got some problems to work through brand for hits. sure. Yeah, yeah, man. Meanwhile, we're up here in New England, and would you—would you call yourself a Pats fan? I'm surprised I'm asking. No, you no. So I'm finding out that you're not—you're not the perfect friend. You're like you can be a friend, <laughs> but you can't be a best friend because you're not a Patriots fan. So who would you root for in Washington? Washington? Oh yeah, watching and my so my wife, uh, I think she's more a Tom Brady fan than Patriots, honestly. But oh, no. uh, we went to we went to DC last year, and she was wearing a Patriots shirt the whole weekend. I'm wearing Redskins uh, gear, nice. and uh, yeah, everybody's like, "Oh, divided home," you know, whatever. But right. um, so it was it was interesting. But at that game, you know, and, and Brady, of course, is I mean, is Tom Brady after all. I mean, they were, they were probably 50%, 50-50 for fans, maybe 60-40, honestly, in the Patriots' favor. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was quite, quite, a, quite interesting. Who won that one? Uh, Patriots, of course, okay. yeah. Did, was there any trouble afterward? Were you guys able to go home together? Yeah. yeah okay. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, we're taking separate cars. You get your own Uber. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no. All good. Yeah, man. Um, okay, cool. Well, there's like a bunch of stuff here. I've written a million things. Um, what was that podcast where you, you talked more about the the rebrand in case people want to hear more about that? Stuff? Yeah, you, you bet. That's on authenticstorytelling.net forward slash rebrand. There you go. How is that for an easy URL? Okay. Uh, and of course, you can find that on all the different uh, podcast channels as well. 
uh, Pandora. Uh, I'm on Pandora now. That's kind of cool. That that Is that even happened. a thing? I thought that was like the OG thing, the old school. No. So, Pan- so Pandora has now rolled out podcasting, right? There's about, there's just shy of 10,000 the last time I looked. Okay. Uh, and you have to go through a little bit of a process to get approved. Um, and, you know, so I did that and uh, get the business storytelling podcast approved. Uh, and actually, I, I blogged about that as well on AuthenticStorytelling.net. Man, you um, just, your content is on point. Everything right. you were talking about, you have a blog post for. Of course. Legit. And, you know, I, I think that there's value in being on Pandora just because it's okay. only 10,000, right? Right. Uh, and like, I'm in the business category and there's under, uh, there's under 900 business podcasts. So, um, and, you know, you have to get approved. So there is a little bit of, I don't want to say status, but you can show off that you know, see. Uh, your, your podcast is uh, the real deal or close to it. Um, so that was cool to be on there. And then the other thing is, uh, and it's hard. So my metrics are aggregated in Anchor, which works fine for the okay. most part. But there's a big category that says other, which is starting. So Apple has still the most listens all the time, no matter yep. what I do. It doesn't 100%. make any difference. Yep. Always has the most listens. Even when I do emails and send them other places, it doesn't make any difference. I know, right? <laughs> and it's, I'm so surprised because the Apple Podcast app, I find it, it's just the worst app. It's, it's the like, absolute worst app. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Right? It's what do you glitchy. listen to on? What do you listen to? Uh, I listen on Google Podcasts. Oh, and, uh, yep. So I was listening on Spotify for a while, but then Spotify did an update, blah, blah, blah. And I, so I think Google Podcasts is uh, the best one currently and who knows, can probably change. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so Anchor has like this. So Apple Podcast, number one, super surprising to me because the app is terrible. Right. But uh, the next section is other, which keeps creeping up. And I think it's going to take Apple over at some point. But as far as I can tell, the other category entails Pandora, Google Podcasts, and then everything else um, other than like Spotify and Breaker. Oh, the main or, ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, some of those are broken out, but Pandora and Google are in there for sure. And um, so, so I, I'm guessing it looks like pe- people are listening on Pandora. It also looks like people are listening on Google Podcasts. Okay. One other reason why I think it's cool to be on Pandora is because my prediction is that Pandora will at some point capitalize on having podcasts. So, for example, if I... Um, you know, on my Taylor Swift station, who just has a new album out in case you didn't hear. <laughs> and my Taylor Swift station, right? Like it doesn't just play Taylor Swift. It plays, you know, Selena Gomez, other sure. people like that. Right. And it like, sometimes you're like, why are, do I have to listen to this person? I don't even like this person, but Pandora thinks it's related. So why doesn't Pandora once in a while serve me a podcast that they think is related, right? Right. In my regular stations. So I think that's where they're going to be able uh, if they choose to go that route, right. but to even push their podcast, because right now they're kind of hidden. I mean, like, it's not easy to listen to them. You don't, they even say this themselves. They say, you don't subscribe to podcasts. You add them to your collections. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, now, yeah, what do I do? Word. Why don't they just use human words? That's crazy. Right? So, but I think that's what they should do to use them as recommendations when people do other yeah. things. And then that's a way, you know, people can listen to them. Yeah. Aggregating it all. You know, I mean, you mentioned the Spotify, you know, you mentioned Spotify, like 
Pandora. I think that that's what I used before Spotify. And then I had a chance. Someone was like, hey, check this thing out. I was like, oh, sign me up. I'm sold. Been a customer for years since then. Um, never looked back at Pandora because I, it's worth to pay the thing and I just get all the things I want. Yeah. But I could see, you know, Pandora, if they tried to be the other one, you know, in that. I mean, I, there's iTunes and they're doing their thing. But, you know, if Pandora was just like the other version of Spotify, then maybe, to your point, they did a better job of discovery. Um, then maybe there's something there, but like Spotify, they're probably doubling down on podcasts now. Is so, it raining? Is it raining now? No, well, no. Real quick, Spotify. Um, oh, uh, they they're the ones that paid Joe Rogan like a million dollars for one year of right. exclusive content. You know, just one year, just one year. So I could see them really going for the podcast arena, and then maybe Pandora tries to you know jump in there and like. Look at me, guys. I'm here too. You know, it's like, okay, Pandora, what do you got? You know, if they maybe had a competing offer, maybe just a little bit less cost, maybe. I don't know. But I'll definitely check out Pandora, right? Maybe I'll be the uh, the only. No. I mean, the other thing is there's a bunch of marketing podcasts, but it's like the sketchy pyramid scheme marketing. And it's really hard to to show up for marketing because there's like there's like business marketing. And then there's like, let's get people to buy our vitamins marketing, you know? Right. So I only rank internationally. <laughs> I don't rank in the U.S. <laughs> I'm like I'm like top 100 in France. Vive la France. Not no, number 12 in Hungary. Right. Right. Exactly. Australia <laughs> and all that. Yeah, man. Um, so interesting. Pandora. Well, you got it all. You one quick question I have. You've got it all coordinated. I mentioned this earlier. You've got every time you mention a topic, you've got a podcast on it. You probably got a blog post on it. Where does it where does it start? Does it start with an idea, and then it, do you have like a chain? Do you have a sort of a process you follow, or how do you get yeah. complete coverage across everything? Yeah, kind of. Uh, so sometimes what I do with uh, with projects with uh, companies is I try to really coordinate it. Right. So it starts yeah. with a podcast. You you get all the experts on the podcast. They talk it through, and um, and then you go from there. Then you you have the podcast. You have the video. I mean, you do the same thing, right? You Sure. We're talking here, you have a podcast, you have the YouTube video. Uh, the next step is you do live streams. So for example, uh, the, the thing I did with Patty Shetta, we did a live stream on LinkedIn. Um, I put the video on YouTube. I, I extracted the audio. I had to edit it a little bit because there was a couple of glitches that, that were fine on the video version, but they made no sense on, um, on, the, on the audio version, right. right? And then now usually the next step would be you take that content and you write an article from it yeah. um, for your blog. And, and here's the reason. I, we don't want people, we don't want to force people. And then after that, I'll get back to that in a second. And, and then you want to have campaigns to promote it, right? Social yeah. organic, paid campaigns, you test certain things and, yeah. and you see what works and what doesn't work. Uh, Google, ad, Google ads, I think is currently one of the better ones, honestly, in my opinion, especially if you can get people to click early on, right? Your cost goes down. Right. Um, so that's, uh, that's a good one. Uh, email marketing for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, but you want to test that of course. Um, but you, you don't want for, you want, don't want to force people. So if somebody wants to listen on Google podcast, they can listen there. Fine by me. Uh, if they want to listen on Apple, fine by them, fine by me as well. Um, but I usually try to, if I have a choice, I'll send you to my website. Right. And 
Um, so I always set that up. So I always usually use the link on the website. So they go there. And here's the reason you want people on your website, because once you come to my website, you're now in my remarketing pool, right? So the second I decide to run a campaign or if I'm already running one, um, you are already in that pool and you're not in that pool if, uh, if you're listening on Google. Now, I'll rather right. take you listening at all versus not listening right on Google. Right. Um, but, but there is an advantage to send people to your website because then they come into your pool and you can retarget and remarket it to them. And I know you, got, you do this on your like show. That. Always link to your website, find something related. Um, the other day I did a, 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 a SEO audit and you know what was showing up? I had set up a, a Flipboard magazine and just because I was thinking about the distribution, right? And Flipboard accepted it and it worked, blah, blah, blah. It's an official magazine. And, but the link from Flipboard was counting as a link for SEO purposes. And Flipboard, it like, has like a 98 uh, domain authority score uh -huh. or something like that. And wow. I didn't even think about that, right? So every time you can get somebody linked to you or whatever, uh, I would highly recommend that. Um, also, I, I always try to send people... Um, if, if I see a reason to do it when it makes sense, send people uh, an embed code. Like I did a show with, with Ashley Cummings who did a big report on freelance writing rates. It's, so it's kind of interesting. Her, she did the report and it immediately went to the top five of all time listened to podcasts uh, on my, my show, right? Really? Storytelling. Yep. So it's number one is Adweek. So Adweek is like that parody Twitter account, right? And they're their writer came on the show and first one of the first times he publicly talked about it. So of course, like everybody wants to hear that. Right. And that's right. Um, so that's hard to top quite frankly. Uh, I think the second one might be where I'm talking about um, how to decide uh, how to handle corrections to web content. That's just me talking. No idea why that's went up there. Third one is uh, Scott Brinker talking about the yeah. um, uh, marketing landscape. Number four was Mel Rod, who's based in Germany, and he talked about why content, uh, what's with all the content that doesn't go deep enough. And then the fifth one was Ashley, and it immediately went up, right? So I'm like, awesome. Um, so it's really hitting a nerve. And so, but she already had written about the report too, because it's like a gated report. Yeah. And so, so I sent her the embed code for the podcast. So she published the embed code with her landing page, right? Um, so always find ways to make it easy and uh, you know collaborate i mean uh, figure out a right. way to to um use all the content that's a really good point you know it's interesting about what what catches and what drives people's attention and also i mean it's a good reminder that seo is still alive and well even if it's you know kind of reduced down now with super smart google ai doing its thing mm -hmm. uh, it still matters getting links from important places yeah and and getting links is harder and harder. I mean, people don't link to you. I mean, there was one publication I worked with recently and they didn't even allow a link back. And I'm like, then what's the point of writing for them? Like name recognition, I guess. But Oh, really? I mean, a link back yeah. from the site to your author page? That's, yeah. Really? That's too much? Yeah. They don't want to... Wow. Weenie. I know. I know, right? Weenie. So... You want to out them on here? <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> Uh, that's okay, man. Um, you know, you really got me though with the, uh, you want them to hit your website because then you got the retargeting cookie on there. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I think I need to step up my retargeting game for sure. We've got it in the roadmap, but it makes perfect sense. It's one way <clears throat> getting people's attention pretty definitively because it costs money um, over email and over any other thing. To your point, yeah. social's changed. Social is some it's paid for pay to play and some of it's just wacky and you may see people may see it and they may not see it. You got to repeat yourself, but at least with retargeting, you can start having ad banners there. I mean, I, I, I checked out, I think it was like uh, email clicker or something the other day on a podcast and they retargeted me the next day. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, but to be able yeah. to pick and choose like, Oh, we've got a thing coming out. Let's go ahead and get this message out to everyone that hit our microsite. <coughs> you know, that makes mm-hmm. total sense. Yeah, and the other thing, one word of caution, though, especially if you're running a content performance culture model, um, you know, um, keep an eye on your metrics. So I'll give you an example. Every once I write an article, and it is for my audience, but it takes off for other reasons. So, for example, I wrote about Facebook AV, uh, the, um, avatars, right? Yeah. When they came out, and it, like it blew up at like, I don't know, 6,000 views in two days or something. And I bet you most of those views were not my target audience, right? Maybe, right. maybe like at the edges, but I, I, I doubt 6,000. I mean, I think there were a lot of consumers in there probably who, you know, who were trying to figure out how to use them. And so what happens is when you get an article that takes off like that, it just increases your uh, retargeting, right? For the next 30 days oh. and you, you run through your budget quicker. Um, so you might, you just want to be aware of that and kind of like make educated guesses. Um, yeah. most of the time, if your content is spot on for your audience, it's not a big deal. There's one project I'm working on and the website, um, the conversion rate is lower than what I thought it should be, but the content on there, it's only for that specific, um, job function. So if Got you go, it. if you, if you go to that page by mistake, you're like, why am I here? Like, I don't care. Right? <laughs> so so Good. I take I take it as like a disqualifier and it's not a big yeah. deal because, you know, it just means that um, not everybody is necessarily qualified. That's a good point, man. I used to do some ads for language learning software and it, we'd be surprised because we would go look in the negatives before the person who set it up didn't set up negatives. So there were, I and mean, it was some broad matching sort of mm-hmm. terminology and, you know, you didn't, it might be like learn Spanish, but then it's like, learn Spanish soap operas wasn't neg- wasn't negated. Right. And so it, people would search for like Spanish soap operas. They'd see your learn Spanish ad. It's not what they're looking for, but they'd still click it. And they yep. go, it's like, it, you want it, you, it's just as important to get to eliminate and negate and suppress as much as it is to accept, you know, um, and not be worried about your ego metrics of I have a thousand people, but yeah, if they're the wrong people, then your conversion is going to stink. And then also you're going to pay a lot more money in other ways. Like you described. Yep. Boom. There it is, man. Hey, talk to me about the voice thing. Cause I, we, I know we're getting into you know podcasts and whatnot, but I know you're, <coughs> you're a big fan. Yep. You're also smart into these, uh, these voice apps. I'm a little creeped out myself. You know, I don't, I don't want them listening to my family and all that, but I feel like it's the future. At some point I'm going to be the old man with the only guy who doesn't have, you know, Amazon echo or, one of those things in my, in my house. And, and you don't even need it to use it. That's what's so interesting about it. So first of all, I want to give a shout out here. This is voice strategy, Scott, Susan and Scott Westwater. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Very, very informative read. They were also, um, I know you'll say, I knew you were going to say that on the business storytelling podcast. 
um, talking <laughs> about boys strategy. Yes, they um, were. <laughs> of course they were. Uh, very, very informative how they talk about it. They're very uh, specialized at that topic. Um, from, from my perspective, I think it is part of the future. Uh, it's already millions and millions of people have devices that um, use voice. What's interesting to me, you don't actually need a device to use voice, right? So like my iPhone has voice. We're not going to say her name, right? Because the, iPhone, the iPad will go off. What do you have to do? Say, hey, Siri, and is that for example, your iPad? Right. If I say that, the iPad will go off. And if I'm, I really have bad luck, the phone, which I'm using to record with you, will go off as so well. So I can that say actually, it, but you have earbuds in, so it won't mess you up. It won't, it won't hear yeah. it. Correct. But anybody on speakerphone <laughs> that hears like, hey, Siri, maybe it'll yeah. pop up for them. Yeah. Okay. So, but what's interesting is, so when I first started putting stuff on voice devices, so people use them, um, but it is kind of tricky. I mean, there's Facebook groups where people ask, how do I do this on Amazon Echo? How do I do this on blah, blah, blah. Right. And like, you know, how do I set this up? So it's not as easy as it could be, even though it's come a long way. From right. a content perspective, like I used to have to go into the Alexa developer, developer console and set up oh, a blueprint right for my podcast. I'm like, oh my God, I'm already bored just listening to myself say that. <laughs> yeah, sentence. right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, but you had to go in there and it was quite a bit of work. And today, literally, so your podcast, if you're on Apple, I'm sure you are, yeah. your podcast is available through voice command. Like people can literally go to their phone and say, hey, you know, um, play the hardcore marketing podcast and Siri will do it. Hey Siri, uh, just play. Uh, here we go. Play the hardcore marketing show. Oh, oh. Look at Did that. it work? I think so. Oh, yeah. There it is. See, see. Yeah. There you go. See, see. That's how easy it is. Like wow, you didn't snap. have to. You didn't have to set up uh, a blueprint. You didn't have that to. That was through Apple, right? Because it. That's through I Apple. Guess, yeah. Because it's playing on the Apple. Yep. As well. So, so see, so there you go. That's how people, and so every, so every once in a while I tweet a thing and say, here's how you play my podcast on your iPhone. In, uh, on Alexa, it's a little bit harder to do because you actually, so now you go into Alexa, you can set up a skill and there's many ways to do that. But the easiest way for podcast distribution, honestly, you just tie, you just tell people to tie Spotify to their Alexa. <laughs> and as long as you're on Spotify, same thing. You don't need a skill. You don't need anything. What do you tell, um, you tell Alexa, hey, play this thing, it's on Spotify, or does it just know it's on Spotify? I, I, I'm not sure. I don't yeah. remember. Um, but yeah, something like that. That's cool. So where is this all heading to, you think? Well, voice, I think, is going to become easier and easier. I mean, right now, it's still kind of uh, all over the place. Honestly, you know, yeah. devices don't understand you. It's not working. I mean, I use my, I have an Apple Watch. I use voice on there all the time, right? I'm, yeah. I'm telling it to text my wife or I'm whatever. Oh, really? And, it works yeah. out? Works out well? Yeah. Well, sometimes. Um, that's what I mean. Like sometimes right. it doesn't understand you or, you know, uh, or whatnot. So, but I think it's going to become easier and easier for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think people will use it. I mean, I even, I go to the gym and so my gym doesn't have key cards anymore. You have to use an app, right? So huh. literally when I pull up, I just push Siri and I say, um, open, open path which is the app that unlocks it. Nice. So I get out of the car and the app is open, right? And then I just uh, wave my phone at the door and the door opens. 
Um, so, I mean, I would have never thought about doing that two years ago, even a year ago, or even right. four months ago. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited for the changes to happen. I was, it was a couple of weeks ago, I was trimming some tree branches down. I realized it's one of the most fun things I've ever done is like being this arborist, trimming my pine trees on a ladder high in the trees. And I think, was I asking Siri something or maybe I accidentally said something um, related to it. And then she went like, hmm? And she said in this, kind of, it was almost kind of this like provocative, like intriguing way. She's like, like, oh, what'd you say, Casey? Like, huh? I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, let's have a conversation. But then she didn't understand anything else I said. So I, it's like, it, you know, I think it just continues to get closer and closer. Um, yep. you know, well, you know, I, I was mowing one day. I had my AirPods in. And uh, so I, whatever, you, you know, you yeah. double tap it. And I said something like, hey, call, uh, text Sophie, my daughter, and tell her to pick something up, whatever it was in the backyard. And Siri goes, okay calling Chris so-and-so who was in my phone, but I haven't talked to him in like 10 years. Oh no. So, so, you know, so the phone call is being initiated and my, uh, my phone is in my pocket. (laughs) So it's not, it's not perfect yet, but it's certainly getting better. Like everything, right. Everything um, when there is potential gets better over time. And we talked about getting your, you know, getting podcasts on there, but what about, you know, do you see it in a B2B setting or is it or consumer setting? I mean, yeah, you can buy toilet paper with Amazon, but do you, I mean, how, where do you think it goes? Do you think we're eventually using it for all the things or is there the limitations? Well, of course there are limitations. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even, you know, I had, I was talking to Roger Dooley who wrote, who wrote the book Friction and he said, you know, Amazon has the whole one step checkout, um, patented right and when they did that in the 90s nobody thought anybody would care you know i'm talking about you can yeah one button check out yeah yeah if you got your stuff saved your address and your your credit card you just one swipe and it's done right you got that patented yeah like like 20 years ago and um so nobody else can use it and um so but i never use it right so so it's interesting and i don't use it because i love getting that little so when you don't use prime like when you use a little slower delivery, yeah. you get like the dollar back, like the oh, dollar yeah. for digital items. And I, I do that all the time. So that's how I buy my Kindle books, right? Uh, I, I buy like eight things and now I got eight bucks. Um, and I know it's super cheap. It sounds kind of cheap, but you know, <laughs> what do I care if it, right. if it gets here two days later? Right. And so it's interesting because just because it's uh, a good way to do it doesn't mean people will do it, right? They might have right. other... Or they might like the shopping. They might like looking. You know, I mean, earlier right. um, I was looking for a hat and it was on Amazon at a certain price. And I went to MLB store or shop or whatever it's called. And it was a little cheaper on there. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I think some people will probably use it when we get there. Uh, I still like to kind of look. But again, you know, people said, oh, I like to, I like to hold the newspaper in my hands. And we all see where newspaper circulation is going, right? For print. Right. And I get, I actually get the printed newspaper every day, um, but I never read it ever. So it's kind of weird. Like, you mm. know, I, I, I got it because I used miles to get it. It wasn't very many miles, but I read the, um, the digital edition on my iPad. Oh, really? um, and and okay. the print edition lays outside. Unless my wife reads it, it goes straight, straight into the recycling 
but of course, 20 years ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, I like holding the newspaper, you know, so, right. so, opi so opinions change for sure. Right. And I guess in that, as you, if it's a nice, I don't know if it's like a nice lightweight iPad Nano or something that it was just, yeah. it feels good to hold it. But yeah, I, I could see that, that, that shift happening. Um, and come wintertime, you've got, you know, fire starting material. <laughs> you can, you yeah, got the, the newspaper into the fireplace. Do you have a fireplace? Yeah. There you go. I mean, what else would you start it with, right? Do you start with paper? I think it's like electric. You just flip the switch. Oh, you don't have like a, a real fireplace? <laughs> no. <laughs> See, I got a real fireplace. Just That was the only thing I wanted. I want a, a porch to grill on and a real fireplace. Huh. That was my only requirements. Nice. So you cool. have to give me all your newspapers and I'll, I'll make, make use of them. Definitely like the grilling here in Iowa, Casey. Uh, you know, we have the homegrown cows and that's always a treat for sure. Yes. Homegrown. <laughs> homegrown. <laughs> Man. Cool. I, I, I will check that out. And what's the book called by uh, Susan Scott? Uh, voice strategy. Voice strategy. See, you know so this... This is another reason why I should, I need to send you a copy of my book, but this is another reason why sometimes it's a good idea to send out copies of your book because every once in a while, like I know you didn't do it, but every once in a while somebody goes, what's a book you want to recommend on a podcast? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, um, so I, so I have these books laying over here, right? One right. is voice strategy and the yeah. other one is from ad week and like, they're week. just easy. That's cool. Ad week. Yeah. They're easy fallback. So I thought about that the other day because like every time I have something to say, I just grab them. Right. Uh, which is kind of, kind of smart. Yeah, I've got, I've got Deb's book, Irrational Loyalty here. Right. Yeah. So to your point. Yeah. Do, do you have mine? I don't. We should exchange them. Let's exchange books. That'll be <laughs> fantastic. We'll send you one. Um, yeah. You got to send me yours too. So I can hold it up and yep. be like, I just talked to this guy who knows you everything. Bet. Yeah. So, um, what, what's, uh, what's coming up for you? Any, um, you got some interviews coming up, books, blogs, What's new? I, well, I mean, so I use Calendly just like you do to schedule all yeah. my podcast interviews. And I yeah, think the last yeah. time I looked, I mean, there's like 18 interviews uh, booked. Um, so I actually, I have it said now that I only accept one per day. So once somebody books a day, um, nobody else can take that day. Nice. And um, it's, it's a relatively small time period each day. There's a couple of days where it's like super early. So when I have people from like overseas, you know, they actually yeah. have a, have a relatively good time that they could pick and not like 11 o'clock at night for them. <laughs> but, um, but certainly um, I do that. Uh, the, the That's cool. How, how long are yours again? Yeah. There it is. Uh, 30 to 60 minutes typically. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it kind of depends. Sometimes they're a little shorter, but not usually 30, 60 minutes is a good What do you prefer? Uh, do you time. prefer the, the, the quick wins like the in out? I, Give me my content. I, I think it depends on what the topic is. Like yeah. the ad week one wasn't like, was like half an hour, you know, yeah. and it's the highest performing one. Um, Scott was maybe half an hour. So I think half an hour is probably a good time um, for, for a show. I don't yeah. know that it needs to be much longer. I mean, it depends, right? I mean, you know, it depends on how people listen too. I know nobody True. is commuting right now. Like if people commute a long way, they can listen to it. CNN has like the two minutes uh news roundup and i almost think that's too short it, does, it sounds you know it sounds stressful <laughs> it's like 
I turn it on and you go do something. By the time you like start listening actively, they're yeah, uh, they're already done. <laughs> it, yeah, it sounds kind of stressful. Like, oh, right, because you know, if you ever like don't pay attention for five seconds on an audio yeah. audiobook, you're wait, where are we? What's going on? Right. So you, you, you zone out for thirty seconds in a two minute newsreel, and you're that's gonna a quarter. Have to rewind it a little bit. Yeah, I I just find you know everyone's got their own. I, I just do whatever I like to listen to. And sometimes I'll yeah. just, I'll go for a long run or like you said, mowing the lawn and you just got, you know, I'll like Joe Rogan or somebody just in the back yeah. and, you know, just listening to that. I, sometimes it's the fun banter between people too. That's, that's cool to hear. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you noticed that, but I put this out on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and I think it's a new strategy people are doing where they repeat segments um, so let's say we're talking about voice, right? So you, we talked about voice, I don't know what mark, like 30 minute mark, right? And now we're about 60 minutes in roughly. Um, and then, so you take that spot again, you put it at like the 70 minute mark and um, you play it again, not the whole thing, but pieces of it. And uh, something you really want people to hear. And so I, I've noticed this. So the first time I noticed it is I was like, oh, stupid internet. And I thought like the internet skipped or something, you know? <laughs> But it was like at a totally different spot. And then I heard it on another show and another show. I heard it a few times. Um, I honestly think that might be too much work, honestly, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I sometimes, I mean, Anchor, I just put a video on YouTube actually explaining how to edit an Anchor. Yeah. And it's so easy because you just go through your whole take. And like when there's a big pause, you just go in and you go, delete. And it deletes it, right? Like not right then, but like it marks it as being ready to be deleted. And you keep going and you delete it and blah, blah, blah. And so like the other day I did a show and had like 16 segments, right? And then 16 segments, like seven were marked for deletion because people were saying stuff that wasn't relevant or do you know what I mean? Or whatever, or that was a long pause. Okay. And, then, and then Anchor goes, would you like 16 segments or one segment? And then, so if you click one, it puts them all together into one. It's like the wow. easiest audio editing ever. And then, you know, I still just uh, split it up and put like, there's a mid-roll ad I usually put into shows. Um, but I mean, it's, um, it, it's just so easy to use this technology. I haven't used Anchor yet, but I'm really tempted, you know, for like an, another podcast. I think I want to do one on adventure and I'd be okay if nobody listened to it. Cause I just would just want to talk about, you know, like get someone on and just talk about mm -hmm. a camping trip or something, talk about a mountain climb, yep. um, but just kind of have an adventure. One. I think I would, I would try it on anchor. I would be, I would want to experience what that's like. And cause I do a lot of work on Podbean right now and yeah. there's some production time involved, but you'd be interested to just kind of do it, do it, uh, D I, you know, do it yourself kind of thing on anchor. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, uh, I mean, sometimes the edits are kind of weird, right? When depending on, um, so the other, on the one with Patty, um, I was, so we lost the connection. I had a phone call coming, coming in while we were live oh, on the air. So I had to decline it, but apparently she lost me for a second. So I'm like, Oh, did you lose me? Yep. Okay. Now you're back. You know, I like on the live stream, that's fine. But on the podcast version, like we don't need that on there. So I edited it out, but when she started, like I said, okay, welcome, Patty. And like, you could hear her still laughing over what I just said, right? Like, um, yeah. so like the laughing, like it was very quick. So I think most people probably wouldn't notice it, but she was laughing at something that I just cut, but I couldn't cut her laughing because um, like I'm talking. 
<laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, so sometimes you get those, but yeah. What do you, so it sounds like you, you, you do trim up that conversation, speed it up a bit by getting rid of the, just sort of the pregnant pauses or the, the blanks. Do you get rid of us and ums too? No, 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 no. And I okay. added very little, honestly. Okay. Um, you know, just like if they're really long pauses, um, I do that, you know, um, let's see, I don't know what else happened. Um, there was one show the other day, we had real bad connection issues. Um, you know, so I kind of cleaned that up a little bit, but, yeah. but if, but if everything is going well, the conversation went well, um, like I will not even touch it. Like if people yeah. misstep, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I mean, like when, when Max Branster was on my show, uh, you know, I kept saying his podcast name wrong. I think it's very hard to pronounce wild business growth podcast. I don't know why it's so hard. You said wild business growth. Yeah, that's what it's called. Okay. And, but I think that's really hard to remember. I don't know why, but, um, but anyway, yeah, hmm. you know, we didn't, we didn't change it. I said it wrong when we kicked off and I said, well, it's so hard, Max, what's the name again? And, you know, and it was like one yeah. of the top, top five most listened to and And then we kept kind of making fun of that and talking about, you know, look, you don't have to be perfect. I'm like, look, I can't even say his podcast name correctly and whatever. Now I'm learning it. Right. Like you don't right. have to be so perfect. Um, so it, it depends on what we're doing. I will tell you this though. And I don't, for the most part, I don't kill episodes. Um, but I do when people get too nitpicky or like, um, they don't seem sure about the, that they really want to be on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, like afterwards they follow up eight times and say, how did it go? How did it go? And like, usually that's a sign to me that something didn't go well. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it's like their PR firm. Um, so, you know, yeah, sometimes I circle back, but, um, but I've only done that a couple of times. Like when it really didn't go well, and um you know then i mean you gotta wait two months to get back on the schedule right did have you ever not published one? Oh yeah yeah I have a couple times it was it like just like uh because i i have one i've i've got one that i published and it was just uh not a good <laughs> it was, like it, it was early on and i didn't realize the guests and who it should be and it actually came from a podcast booker and sometimes those guys are great. Sometimes they send you people that have to pay to get onto a podcast. And it yeah. was basically like an SEO guy that was just saying all this stuff and it was just, it was just wrong. So we, we actually ended in like 10 minutes. Person didn't even notice that we only ended in 10 minutes and they never followed up and it never went live. Cause it was just like, it was like, you had to take a shower. So every single person listening, would have to take a shower after listening to the podcast. So we just, we never put hmm. it out. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, sometimes you got to do that. Um, you know, one time, uh, one time it was somebody and, and it was just like every sentence, like I would have to edit every sentence. And honestly, really? yeah, because it was always like, <coughs> or, or, you know, or something happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just really, really strange. And then another one, um, it was just, they just didn't, it didn't seem like they were happy with what they right. talked about. And I just didn't want to get into it, um, right. you know, quite, quite frankly, um, because I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's my time too. It's their time and my time. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've gotten better at, um, in my team too. We got better at figuring out who would be a good, good person to talk to. And usually it's everyone. They're just, it's just avoiding the, the pyramid scheme people, you know? <laughs> right. You're like, Oh, <laughs> 
oh, what kind of MLM <laughs> should we talk about today? What kind of yeah. pyramid scheme? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so did I, did I hear you're in Iowa? Correct. That, yep. Why did I think you were in New England? I don't know. I was wondering about that earlier because you said, uh, yeah. are you a Patriots fan? Me, the Patriots fan. You're like, no, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> but Washington Redskins doesn't make sense either. Yeah, they were good when I was growing up in Germany. So oh, gotcha. that's, that's kind of how that happened. I know we talked about that, but I guess I, I forgot your location. And I went to Twitter just to try to remind myself, but you don't have it on there, huh? That's no. More world because because um, location is irrelevant. Plus, so funny stories when I uh, when I was working for Scribble and I was flying around the world working for him, uh, one of the marketing guys, I think it was actually one of the the, the guys in Germany, said, "You really got to stop saying you're from Iowa." <laughs> and I'm like, you know, when you talk to like a client or a prospect, yeah, and and you go, "Yeah, I'm from Iowa," and then, and he goes, "Nobody knows where the heck that is." <laughs> wow. You know, and I was like, "Well, what should I say?" West of Chicago. Uh, so I got a blog post on this whole story too, of course. Of course but, you do. Uh, yeah, you know, West of Chicago. Well, that's, I mean, that's technically true, but that's yeah. like four hours, you know? West of uh, Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Cedar Rapids. Well, you just say Cedar Rapids. So I just say Cedar Rapids usually. Um, very few people honestly ask. Um, and even, um, you know, usually the response is, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it and they don't have any clue. That's fine. Better than Iowa, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then some people, there's a lot of people who have stories about Cedar Rapids or Iowa or they've, you know, they've been here, they know somebody or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the third response is, oh yeah, there's a lot of what, like when I was in interior design doing some projects there and working in that industry, people would go, oh, there's a lot of interior design firms in Grand Rapids. And, you know, which, of course, Grand Rapids is different from Cedar Rapids. Um, oh, but right. Well, only, Michigan. Right, right. Right, right. Yeah. But they only heard the Rapids. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like Steel Case. <laughs> and- <laughs> well, it's small, right? Well, no, it, it's, it's not small. Here I'm in New Hampshire calling Iowa small. Smaller. Well, how many people are in New Hampshire? Okay. Right. Good, good question. I, I have no idea. People keep asking me how many people are in my city and I don't even know. Um, I look it up every time. So like Iowa, you got Harry. So we, yeah, we're about uh, over two times bigger than 3.1 million. Yeah. And you were 1.4. I'm at 1.4. Oh, so we're, we're smaller in people size. New Hampshire is, I, I can relate, right? New Hampshire, usually I'll say, in like networking or you know events in california or something i'll say oh i'm near boston you know right (laughs) people usually know boston either from the patriots or just like the boston tea party or something um and so they're like oh boston and then someone else will say i'm boston too and then we'll say okay where oh i'm new (laughs) hampshire i'm actually not you know here in nashua and oh i'm in westchester or something yeah um yeah it's it's funny and i think i've only had one person not know it was a state but you never know. They're like, oh, you're from England? I'm like, no, I'm not from England. <laughs> it's the New Hampshire, not the old Hampshire. <laughs> Crazy. Well, sweet, man. Um, well, I actually asked this earlier. I don't know if you mentioned. So do you have any, um, I mean, another book on the, on the line? Like any, any kind of long-term plans you're thinking of? Like what, any big moves you're going to make? 
Yeah, probably not right the second. So the last one just came yeah. out uh, in January. Uh, but right. this year alone, I haven't looked at the numbers like super recently, but I was definitely over 100,000 words blogged for 2020 already. Uh, and, you know, I mean, the last book, which is actually, which is pretty thick, right? So, I mean, look, it's like, it's pretty thick. That's it's thick, like a yeah. textbook. And that was like 35,000 or something like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you, you could like theoretically uh, write three books with 100,000 words. Sure. Um, so I'm sure at some point I'll go, hey, what do I have a topic on? Uh, you know, and, and what do I turn into a book? Is there a market? Has anybody talked about it? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so probably, you know, I'll probably do that again. The, the biggest problem with book uh, sales during COVID is so my first book, most copies were actually sold in connection with conferences, right? So every time I go speak somewhere, yeah. uh, a conference would buy, buy a few hundred books, right? And so you have, you have 400 conferences, let's say 500 people, you know, each. That's like 2,000 copies right there. And that's just four conferences. Jeez. And there hasn't been any conferences at all. You right. know, it's all, it's just been literally online and, and, um, for sure, you know, haven't gone anywhere. So probably, uh, at some point we'll see, uh, how soon, uh, it, it's still a lot of work finishing it, even if you have most of the content already. Right. Right. Yeah. We end up ordering a button. You know, we have a couple of boxes of these books at the office because we we're planning on giving them out at events and yeah. you know, with all the events being canceled, I still have these boxes <clears> of books. So by the way, anyone listening, if you want a copy of my book, email me Casey at CheshireImpact.com and I will send you one because I have them and they're, and they, they don't do anyone any good sitting in a cardboard box. So, you know, but yeah, they're just, they're just taking up office space. So I want to get them out, you know, get them yep. out. Do you have a whole pile of them yourself or are you doing it more one off like one at a time? So what I do is, uh, so people can actually order signed copies from me and I'll, you know, I'll send you one. Um, and, uh, what I do is I usually have like five at hand. Yeah. So, um, you know, five at a time. So I, I, I don't know how many I have currently. Um, but once I go below the five, I'll order five more. Right. Um, from where so I don't, Are you, from, from the publisher or? Yeah. So the, so it's published through, uh, um, uh, Kindle Direct, right? Oh, gotcha. Um, and so behind the scenes, you can order author copies. So I, so my my first book, it was like the end of the year. I was like, oh, I can buy a bunch of books. Well, most of those books are still sitting here because right. you know, like, me too. <laughs> because yeah. if I send books to a conference, I would never send them from here, right? They're like one-offs. And now I right. send some of those old ones when I send out books. Like I just add them, like as a special gift, as a surprise, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's like, I don't want to go much above, you know, having five lying around because then who knows how long that takes to get rid of them. Five isn't too bad. I think it's like three bucks a book when you order them behind right. the scenes. So, nice. um, but yeah, that's kind of what I do. And then if I got to ship like a bunch to like a conference, I just do it directly behind the scenes and ship it to them. So I don't have to travel with, you know, 300 copies. Or travel with like the that. books. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Good call, man. Well, hey, why don't you throw out, um, I know we've had the URL already, but where the different places people can connect with you. If it's the first time they're hearing from you, definitely go check out the other episode. Um, but all the social platforms and your blog and your podcast, all that stuff. Yeah, of course. Uh, so the book is available at contentperformance.online. That's a new URL. If you haven't heard about that, dot online. 
uh, and uh, authenticstorytelling.net is the blog, uh, LinkedIn, connect with me there if you like, ctrap.online forward slash LinkedIn, that sends you there, uh, or Twitter, of course, ctrap on Twitter, uh, always happy to connect. And the podcast, just ask Siri to play Christoph right. Trapp Business Storytelling Podcast. Oh, wait, what do you ask Siri? I interrupted you there. Ask Siri. So, it's actually called Business Storytelling Podcast, but I think it only works when you say Christoph Trapp Business Storytelling Podcast. Okay. Um, but I hadn't tried. I haven't tried it in a little bit. So, um, play around with it. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet man. Well, I'm glad you came back on here. I just wanted to like catch up and chat, and obviously I, I can't help but learn things from you every single time. Of course. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Always appreciate it. Right on, man. Um, well, this will be one of many, I'm sure. So uh, for the people listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did because I have two pages of notes, front and back, ran out of space in the margins. Um, share this with someone. Be a thought leader. You know, write, don't just share it, but like put what your takeaways are. You know, what did you learn? What were some key takeaways? And there's a bunch here. I've, there's some good stuff. Getting people to your website so you can retarget them. That voice book will be interesting to check out. Um, all the different episodes, idea of Pandora. I'm going to go get this. I'm going to get this thing on, on, on Pandora stat buffer, the different social shares and how socials change. And there's so much stuff we talked about today. So definitely share this with other people. And again, Christoph, thanks, man. This is good. Good hanging out with you. Learn something every day. You bet. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. Well, for everyone listening, this has been the hardcore marketing show. We'll catch y'all next time.